recording. Hopefully nobody heard that. Welcome to the Department of Metal Antiquities. Well, we remember what everyone else has forgotten. As always, it is Nick Cameron and I am joined by my good friend, a man with a wonderful mop of hair, the magical musician from Leeds, Leeds UK, not United like I usually say, uh, Duncan Evans. How are we doing today? Hello, doing all right, yeah. Mop is a good word. Our little daughter has just recently started saying mop a lot, Ooh. which is good. I don't think she quite knows what it means, but you know. Um, so yes, I'm doing all right, man. The clocks have gone back, so it's dark. It's um it's been dark since about 5 p.m. over here. Oh, it's now heavenly. Seven. But um, yeah, so how are you doing? I am good. I can remember when 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 I started talking, which started verbalizing her her big she would hold on entire conversations with the phrase uh oh right yeah yeah i was says oh no yeah it was uh oh uh oh uh oh and it's like i don't, I don't know what you're doing here kid you got to learn some more words but yeah it, it's awesome we actually did a halloween party for her at her friend's house last night and did a uh, photo shoot of her in her costume she's going as daphne from scooby-doo this year as she has naturally red hair it was an easy costume <laughs> but it's things are going good and we are personally almost over this stupid house hump we are just we got really great news and knocking on wood knocking on everything here's what it is um what are we talking about today all right well we're talking about alice cooper um from 1980 this is his fifth solo record it's called flush the fashion and I guess this is a, an era where he was kind of, I don't know, I don't think he'd quite worked out what he was doing. Like he had a few, a couple of big solo album hits, like Welcome to My Nightmare was a big deal. That was his first solo one. And then it seems to have sort of gradually gone a bit weirder and he just seemed to not know whether he wanted to still be doing garage rock like the alice cooper band or whether he wanted to just move with the times and be a pop star that did whatever was um popular at that particular moment or whether he was some kind of avant-garde frank zappa type of dude um yeah so that's where we're at and then it's 1980 so new waves big and yeah. i'd not heard this album but some people have said some people have called this like um a new wave flop or something like that. Like it was trying to be new wave and, and just was a total disaster. Um, I'm looking at some review ratings, one, two and a half star, one, one star. Um, yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah. And the Rolling Stone album, album guide wrote that Cooper bottomed out with a half hearted new wave makeover. Hmm. Um, so, but then again, when I posted about this to say that we were going to be listening to it, I had three people comment back really quickly saying that they really love this record um so you know i just didn't know what to expect really three people saying they loved an album that we're reviewing for this show that has got to be the most <laughs> <laughs> the in case you're here for the first time because you saw alice cooper real big what we do is we find albums by high level artists that nobody remembers that 
came and went because they tried something or you know or they had different lineups or whatever the idea of this is to find the hidden gems because i have found quite a few of them over the course of my life coverdale page stuff like that and so you know it's it's cool to look through these but let's take a quick look back at you know the alice cooper band had seven albums and three of them were absolutely huge records schools out billion dollar babies muscle of love i don't think i'm i don't think i'm um you know thanks tips i don't think i'm I'm bringing up any new information here and then after muscle of love alice cooper goes solo and i never really learned why he did that do you know why oh man i mean it's one of these funny things where it's like yeah he went solo but it was just still called alice cooper so the band was called alice cooper he was called alice cooper so nothing actually really changed you know Um, i mean you know it would be like king diamond going solo from king diamond at this point yeah i i i just guess that maybe he didn't want to work with those guys anymore he did bring a couple with him Right, yeah. On the solo, on the solo jaunt. Um, yeah. One but of the I guess guitar the name, players. Yeah. But I guess everyone kind of was calling him Alice Cooper anyway. So yeah. at that stage, I guess he just thought, look, I am I can be Alice Cooper. I, I'll keep the name, but I'll do what I want and not have to compromise. You know, people fall out in bands going on tour and living. Yeah, in and it, it should time. also be pointed out that the early 70s was not exactly the money-making time in the music industry that the 80s and 90s become not not to say they weren't doing well but we're not talking about a stadium band here but Mm -hmm. he comes out with welcome to my nightmare and there's a reason why we never covered that one Uh, there are several of those songs still in the set list to this day yeah that's a big classic album that's Mm -hmm. like yeah absolutely next he comes up with alice cooper goes to hell which and to be fair which we did do yes we did twice actually <laughs> did we yes we did it twice because i lost the that was one of the two episodes where the audio got lost oh yes and then you actually sent me a, a copy of this on vinyl yes i did and then we did it again it, it's not a bad album but let's be realistic it is a huge drop off from welcome to my nightmare welcome to my nightmare is probably uh alice cooper the human vincent fernier his best moment in time it's just a great great record um, he then comes back with lace and whiskey which i have that one have you ever heard it nope it's completely forgettable i remember nothing from it except for the cover the cover is black and white he's dressed up like a private eye with short hair uh, a pack of cigarettes it's, it's just that, that's it that's all i can say about it mm-hmm Mm-hmm. which probably would be a good a good one to do but we've already done a bunch of these then uh after that he goes into the 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 very famous trip into the sanitarium to overcome his alcoholism and then he then comes back with from the inside which we is, do this one as well we did that one as well yes which yeah, was a concept record about all of the people he met while he was there i thought that was a pretty damn good record yeah, I honestly can't remember, but it was quite a while ago. Oh, I didn't realize that. On that album, it was lyrics by Alice Cooper and Bernie Taupin, who is uh, Elton John's songwriting partner who does all the lyrics. But anyway. Well, maybe that explains why it was so good. But yeah, obviously, you do not remember it. So then now here's where it gets interesting in terms of Alice's substance issues. 
he does get off booze at that time, but now he has a huge cocaine habit. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if we if we did a good work there. But yeah, so that's what that is. And then comes out in, in 79, he records this one. It is recorded in Los Angeles now. He has a new producer, Roy Thomas Baker. Who has famously worked with Queen a lot. Oh my God, I am looking at a picture of this guy. Roy Thomas Baker. Holy crap. I mean, have a look. He looks yeah, like a Simpsons character. Yeah, I mean, that, I'm guessing you're looking at the same Wikipedia one as me. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing that may be just a particularly terrible photo. But yeah, but yeah, basically he's famous for producing Queen, more of which later. Um, yeah, and no, I'm just Googling what he looks like. Yeah, he kind of does pretty much look like that uh, all the time. Oh, my. So there you go. He, yeah, there you go. There you so go. he's worked with Queen... Uh, still with us, born in 1946. Da, 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 da. Wow, he has a very significant discography. Uh, Nazareth, Free. He did Fire and Water by Free. Oh, did he? Right, yeah, there you go. He did Hawkwind. Mm-hmm. He did some people I don't know. The, oh, he did the first Cars debut. He did the Cars debut record. He did a couple of the early, late 70s Journey records with Steve Perry. He's done yes, he did, and then he did another Cars record, Foreigner. Oh God, I have a lot of these records. Well, there he you did, go. He did the first Motley Crue record, Devo. Right, mm-hmm. Ozzy, he did an Ozzy Osbourne record, No Rest it's for fun. the Wicked. Not a All great right. record, but you know, still. He does appear to have been out. He appears to be out of the game. He has not had his name on anything since 2014, which was a yes record. There you go. So we have, in my humble opinion, I would say a high quality, high powered producer. This is absolutely, absolutely. If I yeah. were going to be working with somebody, this is who I would want. But let's yeah. see who did who did from the inside, which was right before this one. I think that is do, 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 do. where is it? I know we talked about it on the episode that we did. Oh, release really that do. I can't find it. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I don't know, man. I can't see it either. Here we go. David Foster. David Foster. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess at these, at these times, though, normally Alice Cooper's preferred producer is, of course, Bob Ezrin. Yeah. But in 1979, Bob Ezrin is working with Pink Floyd. In 1978, Bob Ezrin is, I wonder what he was doing in 78. I'm sure he was doing something. But so we've got a great producer. Who's in the band for Flush the Fashion? Let's take a look there. Well, these are not guys that I particularly know. Davey Johnston. um, Oh, there you go. He worked with Elton John a lot, did Davey Johnston. Mm -hmm. Fred Mandel, session musician. Uh, keyboard player, guitar and backing vocals. Dennis Conway doesn't have a Wikipedia player, drums. John Cooker, Lepresti, bass guitar. It's a load of session guys, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what it amounts to. Flo and Eddie on backing vocals. Those the, uh, Flo and Eddie are a New York uh, I know them, area. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. they're New York radio that, show DJs. Uh, used to be uh, in no, the, no, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. They right. they actually introduced Kiss at Kiss's very first stadium show in anaheim california right there you go. Go. There you go he's a session guy 
So it's basically a lot of session because I would imagine it may have been assembled by Roy Thomas Baker. Um, I don't know whether many of them were on the previous record. I'm just looking now. Davey Johnston was everyone. Oh, Dennis Conway. Oh, no, yeah, to be fair, most of the band is the same as they just had more guys on the previous one. They got a lot of like they got a bass player in for one track and all oh, yeah. Just, yeah percussionist in on two tracks but essentially the core band was the same so it's not quite session guys i guess it probably was his touring band as well uh, i'm gonna point out dick wagner was on the previous record original alice cooper uh lead guitar player and he's not here yeah there you go there you go true so this is perhaps the first time he's had none of those guys with him yep so but, if you but look yeah, at this on, um, yeah go on i was gonna say well i mean you just take a look at everything lined up here and this looks like it could go very, very well. Indeed, indeed. Well, it was um, put out on Warner Brothers. Um, what else do I have to say about this? There you go. It's got um, it's got a cover on it. The first track is a cover of a band called The Music Machine. We're a garage rock band. Most tracks written by Cooper, Johnston and Mandel. So guitarist and keyboard player mm-hmm. with Alice Cooper. Um, a couple of tracks just written for them by someone else david caron and jeff weston and then there's one collaborative track which is written by alice cooper and frank crandall so they got a few professional songwriters in to help with the writing and the first half of the album is meant to be the flush the fashion suite so it's kind of meant to be one big song i don't know it doesn't sound like one big song i think we can ignore that um to be absolutely honest but apparently all of the track track names were from headlines from the National Enquirer, um, which, and yes, we do get the National Enquirer over here as well. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, we know, we know what that is. Um, and although it's so, probably a little, it's probably a little more accurate than the sun. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, probably about the same. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, man, um, what else do I have? Oh, yeah, some of these songs, he actually, even though it seemed to pretty much, I don't know, I don't really know how well they did at the time, but it didn't really seem to chart anywhere. I'm just looking. Now, here we go. US Billboard number 44, Australian number 32. So for an artist of this stature, that those are not big numbers really at all. He did have a top 40 single with clones. We all are. Okay, right. Well, there you go then. Um, how top 40 though? Let's just have a little top, look. like 40. It was like literally 40. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And it also charted in the disco top 100 peaking at number 69. <laughs> right. But yeah, it literally got to number 40 in the U S got to Canada. Number 25. Um, UK, I guess he just wasn't big in the UK at all at this point. Nothing seems to be charted. Was he ever? Uh, well, he is now, but well, I mean, now it's different. I mean, yeah. Now all you got to do, all you got to do to be big and play big places now is be somebody that somebody's heard on the radio at some point. Yeah, yeah. which is unfortunate. But so, yeah. I could discuss. I mean, I could discuss that part of what's wrong with the music industry for the next twenty years. I don't think anybody's yeah. ready for that today. Um, he did. So, uh, he he did tour the record. Should point out. Mm-hmm. 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 They did play some of these songs um, on and off. 
up until relatively recently. Let's have a little look. We're all clones, brackets, we're all... I don't know why it's not just called we're all clones. Anyway, I'm going to call it we're all clones. They did that a bit between 96 and 03, and then regularly between uh, on the No More Mr. Nice Guy tour, 2011 to 2012. They did Pain on the 2017 tour and Grim Facts on the 2018 tour. So there you go. So these haven't all been completely ditched. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I've got um, on this. Well, actually, the only other thing I'm going to say, the album cover is, I don't know what I think about it. It says Alice Cooper 80 on the front. I don't know why they needed to emphasize that. It feels like that's going to get out of date really soon. But it says Alice Cooper 80 to emphasize that it's 1980. I guess that seemed like a really big thing at the time. Like it's a new decade. It's really important. I don't know. I don't know how big 1984 was over there, but over here, 1984, and it's still a thing that we continually reference. Although most people, oh yeah, big style, yeah, massive, massive, yeah, yeah. yeah, Although most people who reference it don't really understand it, but it, the fact that it was the 80s and we were coming up on 1984 was a big deal. And I, around the turn of the century or century, around the turn of every decade here in the states, it's always talking about you know, the new era and we're going into a new world and everything's going to be different now. So that's yeah. probably why that's there. Yeah. And then, and then it's written, it's got flush the fashion, like scratched in, like it was written with a pen knife on a wall. It's like, yeah. It's like on a toilet door, isn't it? it it's yeah. flush. I think that's what they're going for here. It's flush the fashion. It looks like you're sitting on the toilet about to flush it. And that's what you're looking at. Right, and then there's a red stripe on the end. Yeah, I don't know what that is all about. It's Well, there's a bit of red spattering around the whole thing as well. I don't know what that's about. None of it um, makes sense. No. So that's about all that I have on the background of this, really. Um, I guess it was just, it was in this era where, you know, he'd done his big album, then he'd done another sort of big one, and it, it all dropped off a bit. And I guess it was like 1986 when he came back with, was it Constricted? Where Constrictor. that's when he kind of decided what he was going to carry on with and has just stuck with that until now, I think. Like the imagery and the musical style has pretty much, obviously it's changed, but it's kept within... Uh, stricter brackets than at this point in time, he seemed to be experimenting with everything, yeah, and musically it, it, and chemically. Well, true, I should point out that he does not have this is his last hit, like top 40 hit, for a very long time, right? They, well, it, there you go. It wasn't until 1989's Trash with the single Poison that Alice Cooper gets any sort of mainstream anything after that. Yeah, that and, album got to number two in the UK, by the way. Uh, well, since we're talking about it, it got to five in Australia, four in, in Austria, and yeah. And then, 20 in the US, yeah. Yeah. And, there you go. Yeah, well, that was a big deal. I've got that somewhere. It's a cool record, you know? Yeah, it went platinum in the States, and then he put out Hey Stupid after that, and that just fell off. Right, right. But Poison's a great song. Another song still on the set list. Uh, oh, yeah, as for the average set list on on the Flush the Fashion tour, he's primarily playing. He's playing a lot uh, a lot more solo work than he is Alice Cooper band work. 
Flush the Fashion has the most songs, goes to hell, number two, School's Out, number three, Billion Dollar Babies, four, Welcome to My Nightmare, Love It to Death, Killer, Lace and Whiskey, and some covers. The on the on the the average set list is I'm 18, Only Women Bleed, School's Out, Clones, We're All, Dance Yourself to Death, Elected, Go to Hell, Grim Facts, Guilty, Gutter Cat versus the Jets. Oh my god, what song is that? I know we've talked about that song. Uh, I Never Cry, Model Citizen, Pain, Talk the Talk, Road Rats, Nuclear Infected, and then there's a bunch of like one-off songs he did. Welcome to my, actually, Welcome to My Nightmare, he only played once on the tour. Well, there you go. That's there actually surprising. Yeah, yeah. Am I looking at the right, I might be looking at the wrong thing here. Uh, do, do, do. What was I? No, it seems right because there's loads of out. There's loads of tracks from this current album in that. Oh, set. here's here's. I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong spot. Model Citizen, Grim Facts, Go to Hell, Guilty, Pain, I Never Cry, Talk Talk, I'm 18, Gutter Cat vs. Yelling Women Bleed, Street Fight, Clones, We All We're All, Nuclear Infected, Under My Wheels, which is still one of my favorite Alice Cooper songs. Oh yeah, that's great. Man. Dance yeah, Yourself yeah. to Death, Road Rats, Elected, and he closes with Schools Out. So. Honestly, that's a really good set list. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A lot of good, excuse me, a lot of classics on this one, which probably to make up for how much newer stuff he's playing. Yeah, indeed. Well, speaking of the newer stuff, I'm ready to get into the track by track. If you are, I feel like we're about there. Well, that sounds about right. We might as well just go ahead and talk, talk. All right. Well, that's track one. Um, So hang on. My notes have disappeared. No, here they are. Right. So. Yeah, this is a cover, the only cover on the album. It's a cover of The Music Machine, or a garage rock band. And fittingly enough, it has a big garage rock riff to begin with at a steady tempo. Then it kicks in with, like, you've got this slightly uneasy combination where you've got big 80s pop rock drums, but with very 60s, 70s garage rock guitars. Great bluesy vocals. He's doing the whole snarl thing, and he's on form. But then there's this odd synthy break bit, and it does feel like they're trying to be a bit new wave. Then inexplicably, it goes into a sort of rap section, and I'm just getting confused here. And honestly, I don't know if the melodies are that great. I mean, look, it's a cover, so I don't know if this was a hit song at the time. I'd never heard of the band or the song previously. I don't know. It's not bad. It's not great. It's a bit confusing. It's not sure if it wants to be in the garage rock style or if it's trying to be something new and hip and up with the times um i don't hate it but i don't love it this actually was a hit single in 1966 well, it reached number 15 in the billboard 100 hot 100 not top 200 but the hot 100 i don't know what that is and also made it to number four in canada's rpm top 100 i also don't know what that is i think that's just their charts yeah okay well you know what you you said a lot about this song which is which cracks me up because it's only two minutes long it's got yeah. four sections in two minutes and you're absolutely right it starts off and you're like oh okay here we go we're going good everything i read about this is wrong and then just when you think that just when you think that they go ahead and just put the brakes on and you know what let's try something new and that something new does not fit with this something old. I mean, this is not a wedding. Did they play it with the you know something something old, something new, something borrowed? Did they use a blue guitar when they played this song? 
I mean, there's a bit of blues in there. So yeah. Oh, there you go. Because it's there it's, you go. it's they it's borrowed some... the song. They borrowed the song from. So there you go. It works, man. And it's an old song. Exactly, and they're mixing it with all the new nonsense. Yeah. There you go. It's uh, whatever it is. It is. It is definitely a song that made it to the record. I guess I don't know if this qualifies as a song. This is a weird, weird thing. Yes. But next. I, I don't I, I got nothing here on this one. Uh clones, we're all. Yeah, it should what be called that we're all clones. It should or be. The, it's or, just the, dumb. or the we're all the we're all can be in brackets, but should be at the start. Like the lyric is we're all clones. That makes sense as a sentence. You shouldn't call it clones brackets we're all. That's just strange. Can I just say we should... you say it? You you say it like should we do clones we're all? Like no one says that. Anyway, sorry, go on. Why would you say it? No, no, no. We need to stop putting parts of titles in parentheses. Parenthetical titles, get rid of it, or put the whole thing in parentheses. I yeah, it. I know what you mean. Just decide on the name of it and stick with it. Don't name it one thing and then put another bit in the brackets or the parentheses, as you call them. Um, yeah, just yes, pick I something agree. and go I'm with it. You. I'm with you. Well, this is an original song, but it is by, it's not written by anyone in the band. It's written, they've got a songwriter in to do it, David Caron. Um, it's very new wave, very 80s pop. It's got a synthy, dancey feel, hence why it got uh, high up in the disco. Well, not high up. It got into the disco charts to number 69. Um, then some big guitars come in, and that they're quite nice. I, I think the melodies are better here than on the previous song. And I don't know, and I'm going to be saying this for a lot of these songs. It sort of works for what it is, but it's just a bit odd, and it, it doesn't feel like Alice Cooper knows what he's what he is, who he is at this point in time. It feels like he's just playing a different role in every song. You know, there's a catchy chorus and it is quite good, but I can't say I love it. I don't think the style is really my thing, but also it just jars. It just doesn't feel right for Alice Cooper to be doing this thing. Like it's got hand claps in it. You know, those cheesy synthetic hand claps. And if you imagine those are Alice the Cooper best now, hand claps. Yeah. But if you imagine Alice Cooper now, like now that he's sort of cemented himself as a hard rock metal kind of dude, yeah, sure, theatrical, melodic, poppy in a way, but um for him to be doing this sort of early 80s pop hand clap new wave thing nonsense with disco beats and stuff. This is not it just doesn't feel right. And he I think now he wouldn't get away with Doing that, but then having said that, they did do this song not so long ago, 2011 and 2012. Maybe they changed it in the way it was arranged. I don't know. Um, probably. I would imagine they cut the hand claps out and maybe de-discificated the beats a bit. De-discificated? Yeah. You know what, that? Take, take the disco out of it. Uh, somebody like like the Bee Gees or something should have done an album called de-discificated. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there you go. That's all I got on this. It's just a bit strange and it's quite good, but I don't know if I really like it. Is it good? I think for what it is, it sort of is, but I don't think I like what it is. Well, I don't like what it is. I can tell you for sure. I do not like this. I don't know what the hell's going on here. I'm I'm trying to listen and I'm just confused. It's like what are what are we even doing here, boys? I do you know? Does anyone know? I want to say more, but I'm just gonna complain. Anyway, rather than do that, we're 
let's just be in pain okay well pain is um starts off with ballady piano then it kicks in pretty quickly with big 80s drums and some synths and stuff um they're doing the 80s pop thing but they've also got a big heavy rock edge going on there are quite a lot of heavy heavy distorted guitars on this album i will say it's kind of reminding me of meatloaf so it it's got the rock element but it's very poppy very previous podcast subject meatloaf did we do a meatloaf record we did a meatloaf record bad attitude featuring bob kulik on guitar there you go and it was not very meatloafy it was a whole weird thing okay okay well Again, I think this is quite good for what it is. I think it's better than the previous song, less confusing. It's not completely my thing, but it does work. The chorus is good, strong, catchy. I feel like if they did this now, they could make it more metal. And actually, if you look, they would. They did it regularly in 2017, and I could see this working for, as part of a modern-day Alice Cooper set. Um, some Queen-esque guitar harmonies, and you have to think, you know, maybe Rod, Roy Thomas Baker's behind this, or someone's gone, hey, Roy, you know, you work with Queen, and Brian May does those cool guitar harmonies. Can you just, like, do that with us? Um, yeah, look, it's a well-written song. It's pretty good. I don't love it. I don't think it's the best thing in the world, but I, I think this is more, this is working a lot better. It's closer to what I feel Alice Cooper should be doing. Did you say 2017 they played this? Yeah, yeah. Let me check something real quick because 2017 2017 no that's not what i'm thinking of okay there was a tour and i don't remember what year it was i was thinking 2017 around around 2017 maybe 2016 when i saw him and he did basically all deep cuts okay but the, you know this. This is the the set list on this is Brutal Planet, Under My Wheels, No More Mister Nice Guy, Pain, Billion Dollar Babies. Yeah, maybe this is it because this is it's like half and half. Uh huh. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. It's called Spend the Night Together uh, with Alice Cooper. Spent sorry, Spend the Night with Alice Cooper tour was the tour they did it on apparently. So there you go. Um, spend the night. Now I'm kind of interested on this opening night nights with Alice Cooper. Spend the night with Alice Cooper tour. That was 2016 and it 17. says on here 2017. I don't know, man. Seven six. It's saying 16 17. So okay. it's, yeah, because it started in October. Yeah. But yeah, I think I saw that tour, and I want to say we left halfway through. Wow. Okay. Because it was like I don't know these songs, and I you know. I'm going to point out, I've got probably seven Alice Cooper records, mm-hmm. but I would hardly call myself, a, you know, a, a strong fan of Alice Cooper. I'm about the same, yeah. I probably got four or five. Well, and one Maybe of them you got from me. Yeah. I might have six. Who knows? Yeah, man. Okay, well, yeah, that's what I made of that anyway. Yeah, it's it's a much better song. It's more coherent. We're still not really into good i don't think i know what you mean i think that's kind of the problem a lot of it like this song feels just okay it's it's like this is the let's throw a bone song let's okay we we've gone 
you know, we, we've really leaned into this, you know, modern rock weirdness. Let's just kind of do something that's closer to what we're known for. Yeah, I think so. But it's still not good. I know what you mean. It's, it isn't the best example of them doing what they do best. Completely agree with that. And if you were my daughter, I'd say nice leather boots. Okay, well, this is an original song, track four, Leather Boots, but but it's um, written entirely by Jeff Weston, a guy they got in to write the song. So there you go. Um, rock and roll, sort of poppy rock and roll grooves, very melodic, very kind of fun, in inverted commas. Um, reminds me of like the Rocky Horror Show kind of style. Like fast rock and roll, slightly spooky, very fun, very melodic and upbeat. Um, it's cheesy, to be honest. Um, it's got this this big country guitar thing going on. It's, it's a great tone for twangy country, but it seems very un-Alice Cooper. There are some distorted guitars as well. There's a cool rock riff a bit later. I don't know, man. It's not badly written, but it just feels really cheesy, really lightweight. Doesn't do it for me. Um, it just doesn't feel like an Alice Cooper song, and I don't think I'd like it even if it wasn't Alice Cooper. It's just not my thing. It's too cheesy, too fun. Um, sorry, no fun. No fun allowed. <laughs> well, fun is definitely allowed. However, I don't think this song is fun. And I should mention, you know, for the first four songs on this album, it all, because they're so short and because it's a suite of songs, Everything rolls together so quickly that I don't always notice that a new song has started. Well, this one's one minute 36, by the way. That's where I was headed next. Yeah. A minute 36. I mean, by the time you even notice the song has changed, we're into the next one. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just don't know about this. And this this record is so. I love the concept we're going to take the National Enquirer, this tabloid rag that puts out all of these ridiculous headlines, and we're going to do songs inspired by those. I love that idea. What would be better, however, is if they made good songs. It would, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, moving on into the next track, I am concerned that this is about Tylenol. Did you hear about the Tylenol murders over there? Do you know what I'm no, talking about? No. In uh, around this time in the United States, at that time, you know, aspirin bottles, medicine bottles weren't secure. All oh, right. Yeah, I'm looking at this now, man. Yeah, I'm Wikipediaing it. Yeah, okay. You could just open up the bottles. You just opened it up, and then there was like cotton, and then that's it. That's how they had them on the shelves. So. People could just be walking by and stealing your Tylenol. But what somebody actually did was walk by, stole it, poisoned it with cyanide, and put it back on the shelf. So several people were murdered, and obviously the Tylenol murders. And now they changed how how we do pill bottles. And I just wonder if that's what he's talking about with this title, Aspirin Damage. Sorry to be Captain Bringdown. Sorry, sorry. No, it's so good. Well, okay, so 
yeah, this is it's got a musicalish vibe again. Oh yeah. But it is it is rock, it's theatrical rock with big guitar riffs, which I guess is what Alice Cooper does. It is quite good. It, it's it's kind of part garage rock, part meatloaf, very theatrical. Good catchy chorus, but the problem is it jumps in style. It goes a bit like Blondie. They bring this synthy groove thing in. And yeah, it's good for what it is, but it just it jumps too far into the world of new wave, late 70s, early 80s pop. And it's a bit confusing. It's OK. It's not great. I think from what I could gather from the lyrics, they seemed quite good. You know, Alice Cooper does write some great lyrics. Um, I caught a few of those, but eh, no, it doesn't do it for me overall. This was the first song on the record that really stuck out to me as being its own thing. So I'm going to give it major props for not being just bland and inoffensive. Now, you, you pointed out it's got that musical theater kind of vibe. It's got that swinging styles kind of vibe. That reminds me a lot. A lot of Alice Cooper goes to hell. Goes to mm -hmm. hell. Every song was a different vibe. Yeah. So here we, we, here we have that just all all together in one song and this is my favorite song on the record so far okay i think that's Not unfortunate bad, fair enough. yeah okay yeah so now that's the last song on side one the Indeed. flush the flush the fashion suite has ended just as it began the thunderous confusion because mm -hmm. i don't know what the hell any of that was Mm-hmm. Uh, I, if you've got if you've got something you'd like to sum up the flush the fashion suite with, I'm listening. No. Mm. All right, well, let's just go ahead and flush that down the toilet and pretend it never existed while we flip the record over. And you know, I like to do the linking puns. I think that's a big highlight of the show. I've decided nobody's mentioned it, but I, I, this is rough because they're all. <laughs> They're all Inquirer headlines. So track one, side two is Nuclear Infected. Yeah, okay. Well, bigger rock guitar riffs. Still got the theatrical thing going on. Still a bit of new wave, poppy, synthy stuff going on. Good energy here. I like the rock and roll, snarly energy of it, but it's just still too cheesy. And I don't think it's a strong enough song to transcend that. You know, if you do cheese, but really strong it can work you know queen i'm not the biggest queen fan but i would say queen are pretty cheesy a lot of the time but a lot of them all of the time they're, they're cheesy but they're great you know they transcend the cheese they lean same. into the cheese yeah it's not half-hearted same with maybe iron maiden like whatever oh what yeah it's like it really just should be cheesy and possibly terrible, but it's brilliant because they just really sort of believe in it and they do it so well. If you pay attention to some of the lyrics, even on like their most famous Iron Maiden tunes, like if you look at the lyrics to the Trooper, they yeah. are just straight up Cold War jingoism cheese. Yeah, I agree. But it works. Yeah, man, it does. And he does it with conviction. Yeah. There's some big choir backing vocals. On oh, there this. you go. Duncan's Again, favorite. Very Queen. I feel like the Roy Thomas Baker thing 
uh, was perhaps an influence here where they said, yeah, you know that other thing as well as the guitar harmonies, you know where you have all the members of Queen singing and they're doing those big uh, sort of op operatic harmonies or whatever. Can we do some of those? And because it does sound very Queen. It doesn't quite work for me. You know, it's very well executed, but I just don't think it all fits together. So, eh, no. Yeah. Yeah. This song like the whole rest of the album is just confused yeah and if you don't know what you're writing chances are i don't know what you're writing and i don't know what you're playing and those are just the grim facts well done that's track seven so this has got a nice garage rock riff repeated great stick with it bluesy snarly alice cooper vocals great they should stick to this sort of stuff I don't think it's I the smell best. foreshadowing. Well, I don't think it's the best melodically in the world, but it's um this style works. Strong, riffy chorus. It's like 60s garage rock updated. Clearly, Alice Cooper has a soft spot for that stuff. That's where they came from, really. They start the first Alice Cooper band record was 1969. They kind of were a garage rock band originally. Um, yeah, this this works. Um, some boogie piano, boogie piano, unnecessary. Don't need that. But it's got a nice, dirty, sleazy garage rock groove and a pretty, you know, a straight up garage rock guitar solo. Nothing special about it, but it suits the style. It fits. So this, for me, is the the best song yet. Um, I think I said that about Pain. Um, did I? I can't remember. I said it about one of the other songs. Pain was but, the uh, best song so far. I think Pain was the best song. Yeah, but um, but anyway, this is... Until uh, Aspirin Damage. I'm sorry, Aspirin Damage was my favorite. But I think this one for me is better than either of those for me. Um, I didn't like Aspirin Damage anyway. So yeah, Grim Fact, good song. If it was all like this, I think I'd be, I would be enjoying this album a lot more. When we get to the sum up, there is something I want to talk about regarding the producer and regarding all of the styles so okay everybody sit tight for that bit of information as for grim facts i think you nail it it's you know we finally have a song that's somewhat alice coopery mm -hmm. and it's alice coopery all the way through yes they didn't throw in terrible synths because like when they did the synths earlier in the record I'm going to have to agree with Rolling Stone. It was like a half-hearted attempt at New Wave. It's like, oh, well, let's just do... do, 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 do. Let's just throw that in there. Because that's what yeah. Devo does, right? No, Devo writes a song based on the synths. You know, mm. when Van Halen in a few years goes heavy into synths, they don't just use them as pepper. They lean into those synths for the synth songs. All Wait is a great song, and there's no guitar on it. Would be nice if, if you're gonna do it, you need to lean into it, not be confused, not be half hearted, lean in. If you can do that and really stand up straight, stomach in, chest out, and say, I am new wave this week, you just could be a model citizen. There you go, track eight starts with some with a, some more cool garage rock riffs, great. 
Still a bit theatrical, pop, musicalish, but it's working for me. Snarly vocals, great, bluesy, cool melodies. Yes, yes, yes. All going, all going brilliantly. Then, uh oh, we hit the chorus. <laughs> jeez, jeez, jeez. Someone decided that they needed a synthetic kind of medieval piccolo. <laughs> The big queen vocal harmonies at the same time. It's horrendous. It's the worst bit of the album so far, I would say. It's horrible. No. And then they just keep leaning into that. It's awful. No. Destroy. Just going to point out that Duncan is exceedingly polite and he believes in a rising tide raises all ships and he roots for every musician <laughs> in the world. So when he says something is terrible, it's basically <laughs> going to give you cancer. That's how bad it is. He's not wrong. <laughs> you know, those first 30 seconds of this track were a great 30 seconds. Absolutely. <sighs> but then the rest of the song. See, I'm going to point out again, grim facts. We have an Alice Cooper song. For the whole length of the song. They knew what they were doing. They did it. It was awesome. Okay. If you keep doing these really wacky swings, these ups and downs, these all overs, the loop-de-loops in your songs, and you have somebody out there trying to, you know, do an interpretive thing to it, you'll dance yourself to death. There you go. That is track eight, nine, sorry. Well, this is an Alice Cooper and Frank Crandall co-write. Frank Crandall being a professional songwriter, I believe. Um, so this has a great garage rock groove. It's very Lou Reed. It's very Iggy Pop. It's really cool. Um, I like it. It carries on in that vein. There's a bit of background, unnecessary country guitar work, but it's quiet. And you know what? It's not too out of place. It sort of works. Um Brilliant chorus hook. Very nice. This is just about up there with um, whatever it was called, uh, Grim Facts. It's in the same vein as that it works. Those two tracks should have been the basis for the whole style of the whole album. It's got a, another classic guitar solo, like nothing you haven't heard before, but it just works. It's it's exactly what it needed to be rather than going, okay, let's... Let's go to the Middle Ages and bring out the piccolo synth and pretend we're Blondie for a minute. So, yeah, good song. I'll keep this one, please. Thanks. All right. So, so far we've got... Two. Uh, oh, four, maybe. Three or we four. Have, we have four. However, of the four, we disagree on two of them. Yes. So I think it's fair to say we have two. Yeah. We have Grim Facts and Dance Yourself to Death. Yeah. And pain is a partial credit. Yeah, that's pretty good. We're on nine tracks, and we're gonna keep. We're gonna keep two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll keep dance yourself to death. Another great song. Again, it's not my issue. Isn't that it's different styles? I like different styles. I like it when bands go off the reservation and do something weird and that thing they really want to do except for when peter chris does jazz and big band shit because i don't like that at all that's just terrible i think we did that album we didn't did we? we did peter chris let me rock you oof and we did peter chris um 
All for One, which it was named that All was... for One because he felt it was for everyone. He's writing yeah, that songs. That was the for jazz everyone. one, I think. They I were both. They were both. Well, I don't remember Let Me Rock You. It might not have been jazzy. I know his first album, Out of Control, is like big bandy with like horns and flutes and stuff, like Chicago, yeah. except nowhere near as good. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Chicago fan, but. Um, Anyway, we could uh, keep going on like this, or we can just read some headlines. All right. Well, this is the final track. Headlines. Nice, steady groove with bluesy guitar chords, but then it goes kind of punky, power poppy, new wavy for a, a good chorus. It's catchy, but I'm not quite convinced by it. I feel like this is a good song, but the production's a bit too polished for it. It should be dirtier. Like if It could have been a kind of punk song but it's just too squeaky clean in the production. And also, why is Alice Cooper doing a punk song anyway? So it's a bit odd. Yeah, it's okay. It's This one felt really short and sweet. I'd hardly started writing my notes on it and then it finished. Although it's actually one of the longer songs on the album. It's the second longest song, no, third longest song on the album at three minutes, 18. No, fourth longest. Okay. It's about in the middle in terms of song lengths then. Well, the songs but, are either three minutes plus or two minutes minus. There's a pretty good chasm in the length. Yeah, so. I know what you mean. But um, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, it's fine. It's quite good. It's just not very Alice Cooper, and I don't think the production quite suits it. I think they could have taken this song and given it to maybe not Blondie, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example. Like a, basically a power pop band. That's a the bit Stray pop- Cats. There you go, the Stray Cats. And it could this, have been been, this would have been a great Stray Cats song. Yeah. But it just doesn't quite work here. So eh, I'm on the fence about this one. It's not great. It doesn't quite work for Alice Cooper, but it's not a badly written song. I can't really fault the actual song itself. Yeah, I I, I kind of like this song. I don't like this song for Alice Cooper. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, when you're going fishing and you you pull up a bass and, you know, and, and a bass has to be 12 inches long for you to keep it. And it's like, this one's 11 and 7 eighths inch long. What do you do? Yeah, yeah. That's basically 12. This is basically a good song. It would have been so much better. I, I, I'm going to stick with my my Stray Cats belief here. You know, Brian Setzer singing this in that little honky-tonk, arrogant little, oh, what is it called? Rockabilly snarl of his. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just remember to make, I just checked to make sure they spell my name right. Oh my God, that'd have been amazing. But instead we have this Alice Cooper song that makes, that makes aspirin damage look good. <laughs> I don't know. I still like aspirin damage. I'm, I'm being mean to that one. I'm just using that because it's a cool title. But yeah, it's, 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 a, it, it's half baked. And that's this whole record with very few exceptions. It's mm-hmm. all unfinished. What was it? Last week we talked about really short songs, and I said a 90-second song is a song you didn't finish writing. Mm-hmm. This is like all 90-second songs. Two minutes, three minutes, four, 90, three, two, three, two, three. It's If you can't get your record to a half hour, get back in the room and write something else. You know, put some solos in there. Do something. There's, You know, yeah, this song was short and sweet, and... It also ended very abruptly. So when it ended, I'm like, wait, wait, what? I'm done already? And this album is interesting. It feels 
more like it is a greatest hits collection of the producer than mm-hmm. it does an Alice Cooper album. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because this producer has done New Wave, Power Pop, mm-hmm. Punk, Blues Rock. It's all here. The Cars, Free, Alice Cooper, Queen. What are we doing? What was the plan here? And I think it's safe to say that Alice Cooper was in a very suggestible state at the time. And he would just do whatever. Clearly, he didn't, you know, they bring it, they do, they do one cover and they bring in three songs written by outside writers. That's not good. Oh, wait, no, wait, okay. Just two, yeah, songs, three. two songs. Well, no, but one, then another one that's a co write with yeah. an outside writer. I mean, that, and that's only, and this is less than a 30 minute record. Yeah. They didn't have the material to go to the studio. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't ready. And when you're not ready to take the test, it always ends up the same way. It ends up with partial credit at best. And that's every one of these songs, apart from Grim Facts and maybe Dance Yourself to Death. No, I'm sorry. Grim Facts and Pain. I don't know. That's all run together now. Most of these songs are partial credit. There's a good idea. And then there's a terrible idea. And if you just hammered it out a little bit more, you probably would have had something good. There's a seed in every song that could have grown into something a lot better than what we got. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that. I think, yeah, there's two great tracks on this. Then there's another two that are pretty good, but I have my reservations. Then there's a lot that just don't work. Um, There's only... Yeah, two, three, four songs where it really feels like Alice Cooper being Alice Cooper, doing what he should be doing. There's a lot of nonsense. Um, and even in those yeah. few songs, they're not great. Exactly. Well, Dance Yourself to Death and Grim Facts, they're good. They're, I don't think they're the best songs I've ever heard in my life, but if the whole album was on that level and in that sort of style, it would be a really good album. Um, Probably yeah, would be a little bit just, longer, too. Yeah, there's just not enough good stuff on this record. It's all over the place. It jumps around too much. It's too cheesy. There's too much unnecessary synth nonsense. Not that, again, I always say this. I don't have anything against synths. I like a lot of synth music. I use synths myself, but, you know, it just feels like, as you said, they were trying to throw them in there to be of the moment, to be new wave. Nah, it doesn't work for me. So it has to be a bin it for me. Um, although there's a couple of great songs, you know, they're not great enough to make the album worth bothering with, unfortunately. Yeah, I will I will never listen to this again. Uh if somebody asked me to listen to this, we might get into a fight. <laughs> it's that bad. I mean, this is horrible on a level that this might be the worst. Uh, you know what? If we had not done Peter Chris one for all. This would be the worst record we've ever done. Right. I can't I remember saying about a particular album, this is the worst one we've ever done. And I can't remember what it was. It wasn't the Peter Chris one. Oh no, that's the worst one. You're fooling yourself if you don't know. Maybe maybe it was that that I said it about. I don't don't know know if that's what you said or if you did or didn't say it in that, but that's what that is the worst record we've ever done. Okay. All right. But this one is this one's just right behind. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Oh well. 
Oh, well, well, I mean, we can keep punching on this or we can call it a day. I think we're done, yeah. <laughs> All righty. Duncan, thanks for joining me each week as always. Everyone who's listening, thank you very much for listening to us. We greatly appreciate you. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there in this world, and I am humbled that you take the time to listen to a couple of guys who are not on a big network, who are not A-list celebrities, who just want to point out the cool stuff you've never heard. So if you could do me a favor, give us a star review on whatever podcast platform you're on. And if you can subscribe and listen to us weekly, that's even better. We're small time creators and we want to get bigger. And you are everything that can do that. Everything, us getting bigger depends upon you guys. But as we always say at this point in time, this has been the Department of Metal Antiquities. We listened so you don't have to.